Hey, welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics podcast. I'm Micah. Nathan's still not back yet, but we're going to have a good time today. All right, so we've got another exciting segment of the heart of the candidate. And so we've got the primary season's just around the corner here in uh, in Indiana, May 2nd. We're just a few days away from May 2nd in the, in the primaries. And so we've got another candidate coming into the studio to share their heart, why they are running. We've got Jake Gilbert from Westfield, Indiana. He's running for mayor of Westfield. Jake, welcome to the studio. Thank you for coming in today. How are you? Thanks, Micah. I'm doing great. It's good. good to see you. Yeah. I'm honored to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, likewise. Well, and uh, hey, just uh, take a second and tell the listeners a little bit about you, your background, and then, you know, why, why are you uh, jumping into this mayoral race? Sure. Well, where do you, where do you want to start? Like, um, you know, I have, uh, I, I grew up in Indianapolis, um, kind of raised by a pack of wolves, so to speak. Um, went to Wabash college, Ben Davis high school, Wabash college, uh, met my wife and, um, really was not raised, uh, to believe much of anything per se, but but do really feel that God reached down into my life. I used to go to church by myself because it was just down at the end of the street, and my family didn't get in the way. We just uh, there was no encouragement there. We didn't have a Bible in the house. We didn't pray at meals. We didn't you know nothing per se. So um, I would go to church with friends and friends' family, and I would um, just walk down the street by myself. And I had so many questions, but was intimidated even to even know what to ask and. So I was kind of, uh, you know, I, I really came to Christ, I would say, in my 20s, in, in my mind. That's when I became uh, more of a, a mature Christian. I, I was a baptized believer as a teenager, uh, and, and that started the journey. And then I think I, I learned how to become a Christian man really in my 20s because I don't feel like I was ever really around a Christian man on a daily basis until about age 23. And my wife and I, uh, we got married at that same time, and I was – very driven to be a great husband and father um, because I hadn't, you know, I didn't have a father. And so I, I knew just from a family standpoint, I wanted to build our entire relationship on the Lord. And so we kind of set off and did that together, my wife, Christina, and I, and it was amazing. And uh, I've been a teacher and a, a coach, government teacher, econ teacher for years, um, did a five years in college football, uh, which was excellent. I really took that job to learn from. Where did you play? I played at Wabash College okay. as well, and then later on, I I actually came back and coached there too. So, um, I kind of went to college about I think five different colleges and universities. So I've been all over the place from an education standpoint. But I coached football at Wabash and learned a lot from a guy who was a great football coach. His teams were very tough, but he was a sold out believer and a great husband and father. And again, I was younger and, um, we had just had my son and I was kind of panicked, like, what do I do? And I thought <laughs> I could learn a lot from this man as a mentor. And I did. And then, uh, we believe that I, I think the Lord told me it's time to be a head coach again, as clear as possible, clear as possible. I, I became a head coach when I was 24. Wow. So yeah, I've kind of always led from the front except for that, that, brief period of time as an assistant in college. Well, lo and behold, I thought that meant um, college football jobs. So we were interviewing all over the place, but I just was not at peace. My beliefs didn't really mesh with any of the universities I was interviewing at, even though I was making the final round and all these things. And my mentor said, hey, you apply for everything and you just pray that 
if God means for it to happen, that it happens, and if not, that he shuts it down. So the next day after that advice, I recruited Westfield High School, found out the coach was leaving, reluctantly applied to the one high school. Um, <laughs> came about, I don't know, a couple weeks later, they started interviews. I came over with a terrible attitude and uh, tried to scare them off with all kinds of Jesus talk in the interview. And... <laughs> They were like, this is exactly what we need here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I was terrified. So I called my wife on the way after the interview. I said, you're not going to believe this. But I, I even tried to talk job. a lot about Jesus, and they still hired they, me. They loved it all the more. <laughs> they were like, we may be bad at football. But my gosh, we'll at least have a believer. So uh, that's what brought us to Westfield. And, cool. and that was 12 years ago, and it has been just the biggest blessing I could ever imagine. I'm, I'm glad you kind of brought that up. But how do you, like, the public education system right now in America is just going down the tube so fast. And there are bright spots. I would say Westfield is probably one of the bright spots. But even still, like, the uh, faith is under attack at these public schools. I mean, you you do anything that even is remotely God-centered. And you saw what happened with you know, Coach Kennedy, right? Like kneeling and praying in the 50-yard line. And he had to go, he had to fight for seven years and take it to the Supreme Court. He lost yeah. his job. Now he's been, you know, reinstated and, and back pay and all that stuff. So it's it's paid off for him. And and but still, how do you as a believer in the public education system, as a football coach, exercise your First Amendment right to faith and not get canceled or shut down like so many in your shoes across the country are? Yeah, you know, unfortunately I would start to I think most people don't, they don't really know their First Amendment rights. And so um, they passively go the way that, you know, they feel the the culture of the, the place is telling them to go. But I mean, um, you know, I have free exercise rights too. Yeah. And so maybe um, I, I understand the establishment clause of the First Amendment. And I, I understand that um, what's legal and what's not, but. I'm a, I'm a citizen too, yeah. you know, and so you don't we, have to check your rights at the door just because right. you become a football coach or yeah. A, yeah. I, I yeah. think that's a part of it that most people don't know. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be who I am yeah. and we kind of wear it on our sleeves there. Uh, I do. And people know that, that I lead Christian ministries. We have been protected, um, very much so. And you don't have to believe like me to, to play football for us or to be in my class or, or anything. And we've had players from every stripe of life, Micah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, gosh, we've coached thousands of kids. I mean, yeah. so we've had Muslim players, uh, girls, uh, we've had gay players. We've had people who believe differently than me completely. And, I, but the way we um, treat the, these kids has never seemed to be an issue. And so realistically, I, I think we've been protected because We've followed the law, but we've been true to ourselves, and we've treated the kids um, how they they deserve to be treated, and and you know a lot of um, outwork and out love along the way, and it's been good. That's good, man. That's good. So so now politics. So you're you're yeah. you're on the city council yeah. uh, at, for uh, for Westfield, and and uh, what what kind of what kind of led you to say, okay, I think it's time for me to engage civically. And I'm glad you are. I, I think we all have a civic duty to engage. Most people don't 
exercise that or, or take that mantle on and responsibility on their shoulders. So I'm glad that you're you're jumping in. But kind of what would walk us through that that heart moment between you and your wife, and just say, okay, honey, I think I need to get into the world of politics. Sure. It's, well, you know, after six years, um, we'd gone to state a couple times. We won it in the sixth year, and that's usually about the time a coach either gets fired or moved up the food chain, so okay. to speak. And so. <laughs> Coaching's like dog years, so you know that was about forty-two years in, and um, we we just couldn't leave the community of Westfield. And the bottom line was, we didn't want to go back to college football. I couldn't coach at another high school against Westfield. Yeah. I just we were we just loved the community so much. So out of an abundance of love and just an overflowing love out of our heart for the community, we wanted to give back, and so we got involved in a lot more. Um, nonprofit organizations, even deeper at our church. But then eventually, I, you know, I decided, well, I'll run for office. I felt like that was a role that I could uh, fulfill the the person who was leading um, my district on the city council was stepping down and not running again. So I said, I'll, I'll run for that position. And uh, we, we prayed on it plenty. And, but I ran for office and we won. And I joined the city council three years ago. That's, that's great. And so you've been on city council for Westfield for three years. You, uh, you've, you've obviously got to kind of see how the sausage was made yes. as they would say. And I know there's goods and bads about it and it's probably eye opening in some, some respect, but, uh, but you know, I, as I got to know you early on, I mean, maybe, maybe a couple years ago, I think when, when I got to sit down with you, grab coffee and kind of get to know you a little bit. Uh, I think one of the things that I, I noticed was you've kind of got a little bit of a, of a different background from your viewpoint. So like you, you know, you, you uh, are now a, you're now a Republican. Uh, I would say you're aligned with God's word, which makes you pretty conservative because God's word is, I mean, you can just see the conservative values really are just echoing what the truth of God's word is saying. But that hasn't always been the case, and you've learned kind of over the course of your life, like, oh, wait, here's the truth. Like, and, and I think we all do that. I think we all go through that, and we all say, ah, I thought I knew what I was doing. I thought I knew what was right, but, whoa, like life experience or the truth of God's word or the, you know, the, the universal truths, you know, the laws of nature and nature's God, as our founders would put it, begin to kind of hit you in the face. And you're like, oh, that didn't, that's not really true anymore. You know, a great, great example was Winston Churchill said, if you're, if you're young and not a liberal, you have no heart. But if you're old and not a conservative, you have no brain. It's kind of this idea that <laughs> it's this idea that life kind of does that. And so you've been kind of getting some, you've been getting attacked a little bit in this mayoral run of saying, sure. hey, he's not who he says he was, or he says he is because here's his past. And I always kind of, I always caution people and say, well, if you're going to bring up someone's past, are you saying that they don't change, first of all? And and you should probably know, like, life is a journey. Maybe they've realized, because I know some great conservatives who are conservative today that would have been very left-leaning liberals 10, 15 years ago. My mom was one of them. My mom was a Democrat for many years growing up. And then uh, and my dad, you know, married my dad, and over the, course of, over the course of life, now she's a diehard conservative. I mean, huge Trump supporter. I mean, like, never in a million years would I ever think my mom is a Democrat, but it just goes to show you that people change along the way. So again, I want to give you a chance just to kind of talk about that a little bit, because I think, I think what I've seen in you is you've got a huge heart, you're, you're humble, you're teachable, 
And I think you recognize you don't always know everything about everything, and sure. you leave room to say, hey, maybe I was wrong on this issue, which I think is a great quality for a politician. Like, arrogance and power tend to be very destructive. When someone's arrogant and has a lot of power, that's a, usually a bad combination. And I see you that you might, you might step into an office full of power, but you've got a very humble heart, and I like that about what I've seen in you. So maybe just kind of talk a little bit about that, your past and how you got to some of the viewpoints that you have today. And then, you know, we'll, we'll hit a few core issues of, you know, maybe social issues, but also with vision for Westfield. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I was raised an inner city kid on welfare. Um, we were, you know, I, I experienced real poverty, <laughs> uh, union family, uh, just, where I grew up, a lot of people were Democrats, pretty much everybody probably. And so that that was, you know, as a kid, I, I guess what I was exposed to. I, I think when I, um, at age 24, when we moved out to Crawfordsville, and that was when I really kind of became a man, I would say, and started to have our own family. During that time, I, I don't think I, I was always interested in politics. Um, maybe I wasn't overly political, but on the local level, I voted for people I knew. Yeah. So I had a mixed voting record and a voter Republican. Uh, but I know I voted Democrat once or twice in Crawfordsville and that's probably all public record. They can check that out. Um, but I mean, there are people I knew is a very small community, you know, so yeah. you, you definitely knew the candidates. Well, and when, generally. when was, you said you were 24 years, so that would have been what, 2000, 1998, 2000 ish, roughly. Uh, you know, I think, uh, my first year out there was 2000. Okay. Which so, I, I even say Democrats, Democrats 20 years ago, honest, unfortunately, probably are more like Republicans today in a lot of ways. I mean, you look at the culture shift sure. and how the values have drastically changed, even from, you know, remember Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton in 2008 when they were running for president, they both said marriage is between one man and one woman and we should uphold that. This was in 2008 yeah. and they were the Democrat nominees. And now they're saying, we don't even know what a woman is. It can be whatever you want it to be. And and so just just so people recognize, you know, voting Democrat in two thousand. Well, yeah, okay, you can maybe have that on your record. I I mean, there's a big difference between JFK Democrats and the, <laughs> and the Democrat Party today too. So I just kind of want to. And it wasn't yeah. as polarized back then either. Yeah. So the concept of on a local le election that you were just choosing based on which candidate will serve yeah. this city the best. I, I you know that wasn't. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, that's true. In the municipal municipality uh, elections, uh, municipal elections are are usually not polarizing elections. It really is who's going to do the best job fixing the potholes, right? And who do I know that's right. the nicest person? Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's usually but what it is. As we, you know, um, again, I voted Republican in in Crawfordsville plenty, and when we yeah. moved here, I've I, I voted nothing but Republican, which is. That, that's been the interesting part for me. I, I think some of the attacks um, are, are what they are, politics, but I want to say, so you believe that I moved here, and for nine years I wasn't involved in politics at all, but I was voting Republican the whole time, and you think that was some secret ruse that I was carrying out for nine years <laughs> Just in case I made it into office, and then just in case I ran for mayor, then I could say, oh, I got you. I'm a wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, what about the nine years of voting before I was even yeah. 
involved politically. Right. And so that, that, you know, to me, that just is common sense logic. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I mean, I have no issues explaining all that to anybody. I know what I believe. I know who I am. I know when, when it comes to just being conservative, just my backstory. I mean, we live in Westfield on a teacher's salary. I drive a 2005 pickup truck. I'm very conservative with my money. I'm conservative about the future of Westfield. I'm conservative from a value standpoint, and and I've always considered myself a Christian conservative. I'm, you know, my particular story. I mean, not knowing, never met my father, my mom with her addiction issues, in and out of jail, young mother. If anybody uh, could have chose to have an abortion, she fit the the, the she, bill yeah. for that, right? Yeah. But gosh, am I so grateful that that she chose she, life. She chose life, and yeah. and I believe that even though uh, maybe the circumstances were kind of rocky growing up, this, that, and the other, but I think the good Lord has has absolutely blessed me at every turn, uh, and, and I believe that He can do that, and so. Uh, that's why I'm so grateful. And, and when people ask, well, are you pro-life? I say, well, absolutely. And let me tell you my my personal story yeah. as to why. So that's been the part of this that's been really disappointing and disgusting, if you ask me, because win or lose, I'm going to want to be still a spiritual leader in our community. Yeah. I, I want to be someone who um, hopefully can bring people closer to the Word and closer to the Lord. And so – being damaged as a candidate and all that, that that's par for the course. And I expect that, but I, I did expect more uh, that I wouldn't be attacked in, in this lie um, about the pro-choice stuff. I think. Well, and so just so people, the belt. just so people know. So, you know, in the world of politics, we're a week out from the election. You, you were lumped in with a, uh, with a candidate Sure, a Democrat candidate that is a friend of yours. He ran uh, for the state Senate in 2020 against the Republican uh, nominee at the time, who is now the state Senator Scott Baldwin. And, and so you kind you came out and said, Hey, I, I like Ronnie. He's a friend of mine, whether or not it was an endorsement or whatnot, we can, you know, we can dive into that if you want, but, but that was it. And, and, and what's happened is the other people who were also, supporting and endorsing Ronnie were obviously the far left, you know, like the pro pro abortion movement, uh, the trans LGBTQ, just kind of the whole, you know, nine yards of just kind of leftism. And so then your picture, you know, goes out and it's you with all of these other far left kind of ideological, you know, uh, leaders in our state. And to your point, you're saying, I am not, that I'm not a I'm not a pro-choice I'm not a pro-abortion I'm pro-life so don't lump me in with that and Absolutely. so so that's kind of where so listeners kind of know a little bit of what's going on so Ronnie's the so, guy who's in the community so I mean we're we're friends but like it's not like we've ever hung out I mean yeah. he's an acquaintance yeah but you know Ronnie's a Westfield resident he's a firefighter he was running for office um you know he's a, he mentors in the schools on his off days I mean he's been a, yeah, he's a good guy a, a good, good guy. guy yeah and he I I think he reached out to everybody who was an elected official and was like, Hey, I'm running for office. Could I meet with you? Yeah. And so I was nice and supportive and sat down with him and met with him. Now my picture ended up on his website, which I didn't know. <laughs> so that's where the term endorsement has come from. Like okay. I, I never, you never signed endorsed my him. name no. or endorsed Ronnie and, and he would be the first to say that. 
So, but my picture didn't make it onto his website. So when I called Ronnie, I was like, Hey buddy, um, you know, I didn't know that that was on there. You're going to have you know, take that off. And he's like, Oh, okay. My bad. I, sorry about that. And so he took the picture off, but by then, Oh yeah. The damage is kind of already done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that apparently wasn't important over the last three years. It was only important this week of the election. <laughs> uh, so, you know, well, I, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't even know that that picture was on there for forever and certainly not associated with anybody or anyone else on that page or all this, that, and the other, but it's, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. I was just nice to the guy. He's a nice guy and he's a firefighter. Uh, he's volunteered in schools. I just was nice to him. Well, I think a little bit, a little bit too is understanding the political game, right? This is, there's gamesmanship in this as well. And, and, and I, listen, I, I understand, you know, where, where, ads like that or people who push that out like you know i know i know senator baldwin who's a friend of mine and you know he called me and he talked a little bit about about the situation with me the other day and and so uh we 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 went back and forth and and i get where he's coming from he's like hey i got to protect the sanctity of the party and i i i see that side of it because there are a lot of Republicans in Hamilton County right now that are not Republicans they literally are only wearing the banner because they know they just can't win as Democrats, and so they run on the Republican side, which which pollutes the the principles and the the purity of what we should stand on and as the party. And I fight them all all the time. They're called rhinos. That's what we call them. You know, Republican in name only. So I get that kind of holding the sanctity of the party. I look at you though, and I'm like, now this guy's this guy's got the conservative backbone. He I see the heart in you, and maybe you're. You're growing and you're learning, but I, I truly see that, okay, you are going to continue to be a conservative leader in Westfield for many years to come, and you're just growing in that. And I think we're all got, we've all got to recognize we're all on a path. You know, we all grow in wisdom and stature. We're not, we're not wise overnight. You know, even Solomon had to ask the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom and knowledge so I can lead your people well. I mean, we all have to grow in that. And, uh, and so I, that's what I, Again, saying what I said earlier about you, I think what I see in you is you're teachable, you're humble, and I do believe that you've got a conservative foundation, whether you know it or not, and whether it's been, you know, whether it's always been there, I don't know, but I think it's and it's forming, and I think God's going to continue to to form it and use it. But but the gamesmanship and the and and the strategy within party politics, that's where it gets a little dirty, and that's probably why a lot of Christians. And a lot of good people just want to stay out of politics in general, right? 100%. Like you put your name in the hat. You just wanted to serve our, our, our nation right. or our, our community. And, and here's what happens. Like, you know, a guy like Jake just gets, you know, drugged through the mud seemingly. And, but I, but I, I think too, we need to remember that if you want anything that's worth, that's, that's a value, you're going to have to fight for it. Amen. There's going to be a battle. Yeah. You're going to battle evil, you're going to battle somebody, something, something you're going to battle something. And so I appreciate that you're willing to, you know, not be a soft Christian. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're you're a you're a bold fighter and I, you know. You, you and I had talked about that and that was again as someone who came to the faith a little bit later. Yeah. It, that was a misconception I had about what it meant to be a Christian and I wasn't sure if I could be a Christian and a football coach, and I, you know, I, I didn't know if those were, it was even possible. I, I thought, well, aren't all Christians like Ned Flanders on the Simpsons? So, Howdy-o, uh, neighbor, <laughs> right? So, like, I can't coach like that. So we, uh, you know, just, just as I've learned, and, and 
Micah, to be, you know, for years, my learning was really just me reading the Bible on my own and not having a mentor. And But as I grew, I think God put people in my life. And so humbly, I, I absolutely tell you, I hope I'm not a finished product. Yeah. You know, I uh, by the grace of God, I'm not the man I used to be. Hopefully I'm much better uh, five years, ten years. So I don't have it all figured out, and then don't pretend to. But I, I certainly um, you know, I don't want to be a Christian in name only either. Yeah, that's right. You know, like I, I want to make sure that my actions are – uh, one of a Christ follower first, uh, of a husband and, and father second, and then someone who serves my community. Now, the way I serve my community is through the lens of being a conservative. Uh, that, that's just my beliefs, and so that guides everything. But some of these attacks, you know, I, I guess maybe if that's what the party is, um, lying about someone being pro-choice, then I guess – um, you know, I'd have some concern yeah. if lying is a foundational piece. But I, I think instead, you know, it would be better to just have a conversation and get to the truth. So I have nothing to hide because, believe me, I don't profess to be perfect. Um, but I do profess to to love my community and serve it with my full heart all the time. Yeah. And any missteps, um, I'll, I'll own. Uh, so real quick, just in the last couple minutes we have here, uh, vision for Westfield. So, you know, why, why are you running? What's your, what, you know, you obviously think that you can bring something to the table that others aren't or can't. And so, you know, what, what do you, where do you see Westfield five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road? Oh, just so exciting. Uh, Again, I, I ran for council just out of a outpouring of love in my heart and, and really the same here as well. But after serving on a council for about a year, and the uh, just the dysfunction that we've happened to have in our local government in this season and the lawsuits and the waste and the, the taxpayer dollars down the drain and the litigation and all those. After about a year, I really, <laughs> I really just came to believe that, goodness, um, I could help. And I prayed on it for a year. I, I didn't really talk to a lot of people, even my wife in the beginning. I, I just really... Uh, was praying for wisdom and discernment, but then I just could not deny. It's almost almost as if I have to take responsibility because I believe what we need most right now is what I provide and what I do best. So maybe I wouldn't be the best mayor in 10 years, but for the issues that are facing us now and what we need in terms of someone who can reunite our local government, get us working together instead of against each other and more communication instead of litig- litigation, I, I feel like I'm the guy to do that. I can restore the positive culture, and then I can do that pretty quickly. After that, I do believe we can raise the entire trajectory on where our city's heading. So I'm so excited for the opportunity. Westfield can be the best small city in America, but we can't continue to cut off our nose to spider face. Yeah, that's good. Do you, uh, as far as, you know, this is always the struggle with the growth. Growth is a good thing. How do you remain true to your heritage and your, and your value system while still managing the growth. Because I think, you know, we can look at towns like Fishers. Uh, you know, they were small-town communities, very, you know, faith and family values. They got leadership in there that's pushing, pushing growth. The values are going out the window. I think most people who have been in Fishers for a long time would have never imagined that their schools would be teaching some of the stuff they were teaching and, you know, never imagined they'd be seeing some of the things that they're seeing. And, and yet for the sake of growth and economic prosperity, they say, well, we can throw the values out with the bathwater, you know? And, and so it, but so how do you, 
as mayor, someone who's going to be pushing growth or being, you're going to be pushed to grow. Yeah. How do you maintain the values of the heritage of Westfield? What a great question. So, yeah, I don't feel the pressure to grow. I mean, I don't have any interests. My kids, I don't own any land. There's no graft. I mean, um, I just want what's best for the city. And here's the amazing thing. I mean, I just see things based on people and relationships first, not things. Mm-hmm. You know, wealth is defined by what you want, not by what you have. I, I thought I thought Westfield was amazing when we moved, and I think it's even better now. But I, I don't feel that a thousand more houses makes it better. I, you know, so I'm not anti-growth, uh, but I think we can be really choosy. I don't think we have to be in a hurry. I, I feel like if it's a quality project that we really, really want residentially. But here's the deal. If if we are losing the value of some of the things that make it special, quality of schools, infrastructure, if if we're less safe, if police and fire suffer, why would we grow? It, it's um, People are happy there. It's a great community. So economic prosperity to pay for what? Better police? Better schools? I mean, at some point... Um, you're compounding your problems and growth. I do think there's a tipping point. If your growth exceeds your ability to provide the services that people expect by living in a great community, then you've grown too fast. And so I'm just not afraid to press pause a little bit uh, on growth that maybe doesn't help us become stronger and lift us up. Uh, Again, I'm not anti-growth. I'm just probably in the middle of our candidates. I just believe in quality, thoughtful, smart growth. That's where we want it and exactly what we want. But we don't need to feel the pressure of, oh, we better build some more apartments or we better I don't have any pressure to do that. That's good. Yeah, you just don't you don't want to get out over your skis. You know, it's like let's ski down the mountain, sure. (laughs) Let's just not go tumbling down the mountain. Yeah. And again, it's great. We've been the fastest growing community in Indiana. Um several different years and, and that's that's great because it shows you it's a great place but gosh if you ask the average person over there that they, they feel like we're overextended at times and they feel like that's a bigger threat than yeah prosperity that's right so uh that's what needs to be answered first so you never sacrifice what you want most for what you want now that's good and we need to make sure that we're crystal clear on the vision of the kind of community we want to be more so than what kind of houses do we want to build? I mean, what kind of community do we want? Start with the principles behind that and then make sure that that's, um, we are succeeding in that way, but we can never sacrifice that just for the sake of, well, here's a nice project. Well, but it may not be best for us long-term. Yeah, that's good. Jake, I I love it, man. I I love your heart. And, um, you know, we'll just, we'll, we'll be praying for you these next couple of days. And, uh, you know, thanks for stepping up and getting into the the dirty environment of uh, of politics. I I always say to Christians who say, "Well, I don't I don't want anything to do with politics." I'm like, Jesus could have stayed on his throne. He could have stayed in the pristine presence of of heaven, and you know, no dirt, no crap. But he got dirty. He came down, took on the form of a man, humbled himself unto death, even death on the cross, is what Scripture says. He got dirty with us. He got into our crap. And he pulled us out of it. And I think if Christians don't do that, if we don't step up and go into dirty environments, dark environments with the light of Christ, then who, like, what, 
we're not following the example of Christ. We're we're protecting our own self-interest is what we're doing yeah. at that point. And Jesus said, you know, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And so so I appreciate you that you're willing to do this. I'm sorry that it, it does get so kind of, you know, vitriolic and, hey, and, and right. but, but, you know, Hey, that's, uh, it makes us more of men, right? Like, you know, we, it's, I, I feel like the Lord is saying to you, he says this to me every morning. He said, Micah, stop crying. People are going <laughs> to, people are going to hate you because they hated me first. Now right. get back in the game, you know, you know, pull, pull, put your pads on and go back out there. So, uh, I love it, man. Hey, if people want to find out more about you and support you. Where can they go? Jake Gilbert from air.com. And they can always email me at electjakegilbert at gmail.com. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thanks for coming into the studio today. So got a lot of great elections going on in central Indiana. Dive in, do your deal, due diligence, study the candidates, and vote because it is your civic duty to maintain this beautiful republic. So this has been the heart of the candidates on Jesus, Sex, and Politics. Thanks for tuning in. We'll keep bringing more candidates to you. Until next time. <laughs>